0: Do you guys remember last year when everyone was like, oh, my gosh, COVID, and then the Pentagon was like, hey, we can't give you a cure for that, but here's some unexplained footage of UFOs. No? Just me? Well, if you don't remember it, that actually happened. Um, That was like in April of last year, so look that up. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. And it's fine if you don't remember because, you know, now you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. So basically, last year in 2020, for anyone watching in the future, Future. the Pentagon fueled our alien-loving little hearts in the middle of a pandemic, but it didn't really get enough hype in my personal little humble opinion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But welcome back. And if you're here for the first time, welcome to Crime and Theory, a podcast dedicated to everything outside the parameters of normal. We are your hosts, Ashley
1: and Aaron.
0: Ah, the little finger gun thing. Yeah, just... No, no, don't, don't, don't keep doing that. That's a very dad thing to do. You're not even a father. Come on. Yeah, it's okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no. Do it. Okay, fine. One more time. Okay, stop. Please don't. No, no,
1: stop it. I hate this. Now that's out of my system.
0: Okay. So if you haven't put two and two together yet, we're doing our second ever alien episode. I mean, sort of. Back in season one, we did an alien episode, which incorporated aliens, UFOs, all that sort of stuff. But this is more just straight up UFO than alien, which is fine, because either way, I mean, it's still something that possibly indicates life outside of the Earth that we live on, right? Right. So this week, we're talking about Japan Airlines Flight 1628. Let's get started. today are mufon.com, wikipedia.org, anchoragepress.com, faa.gov, theguardian.com, theblackvault.com, fortwiki.com and apnews.com. So for any of you who don't know which I mean everybody knows but just a brief rundown, UFO stands for unidentified flying object. Literally if if you have poor enough vision, anything moving in the sky including a bird to you could be a UFO.
1: So technically Say, for example, if there is a jet fighter from Japan that's flying over American territory and we don't know what that is, it's technically a UFO because... I mean, is
0: it? Because, I don't know. I guess so. If it's some kind of new type of jet that nobody's seen before, for a hot moment, it would probably be a UFO. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: I might know things.
0: Maybe. Who knows? I don't know anything. Clearly, I can't even speak English properly. It's fine. All right. I'm going to tell you a story. Oh, I hit the table. I'm sorry. But I'm going to tell you a story. Tell me a story. Tell you guys a story, too.
1: Tell them a story. Okay. Should we get marshmallows?
0: No. No. It's a short enough story. Like, we can have marshmallows after. Maybe roast some on an open fire. Mm. We don't have a fireplace, so that would be real dangerous (laughs) real quick. But just, it's fine. It's fine. If you want to pause this and go grab yourself a snack or a drink or whatever, go ahead and then come back. We'll wait.
1: That's a really good idea.
0: Okay, I'm imagining that you paused it because I'm not going to sit here and actually wait because... Hey, welcome back. Yeah. (laughs) So picture it. You picturing it? Picturing it. Okay. It's 1986. Okay. Everyone has big hair. The satanic panic is going on. And that's all I really know about the 80s because I wasn't born in them. (laughs) But anyway, on November 17th, 1986, something big happened involving Japanese Boeing, I'm sorry, a Japanese Boeing 747 cargo aircraft. This aircraft was piloted by a Captain Tereuchi, I think might be how you say it. I don't know. Again, it's not even, it's not an English name and I can't even pronounce those. I It's a problem. Ashley. Aaron.
1: All those thousands of episodes of Detective Conan. Hey,
0: they haven't reached a thousand yet.
1: Almost a thousand episodes of Detective Conan.
0: I can say "Ah, (laughs) Alele. But remember this guy's name because it's going to come up a lot, obviously. So just keep Tareuchi or however you say it in your noggin. So they're flying along, minding their own business. Okay. They had stopped in Paris and picked up a cargo of Beaujolais wine. I can say Beaujolais fine. (laughs) (laughs) What? Who am I? (laughs) But anyway, they picked up a cargo of Beaujolais wine and they were taking it back to Narita Tokyo, which is the airport in Tokyo, Japan, which is, you know, that's everything's on the up and up. Totally normal 1986. People want their wine. It's fine. And I'm dumb and I can't seem to comprehend geography in my mind. So to me, Reykjavik is way off in the abyss somewhere of the globe in comparison to Paris and Tokyo. But... Here we are, because they were on their way. No, they weren't on their way. They were on the Reykjavik to Anchorage portion of their journey. Because Reykjavik and Anchorage are actually pretty close together. Russia and Alaska are really close.
1: So they're zooming towards it?
0: They're zooming toward Alaska. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're just a zoomy-zoomin'. Can you tell we're going for a lighter fare this week than the last five weeks? Which is good. I, You yeah. know, we all need a mental health break sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, at 5.09 p.m. Alaska time, the plane was about 104 miles northeast of Fort Yukon. Anchorage Air Route Traffic Control Center contacted JAL 1628, which is Japanese Airline 1628. I'm just going to call it that from now on because it's shorter. They were asking the pilot to adjust his heading so the plane would pass south of Fort Yukon and Fairbanks, which is also in Alaska.
1: So he, may- he needed to make a- an adjustment.
0: He just needed to adjust his... Plane, no problem. Okay. So Captain Teriyuchi's co-pilot turned the plane left about 15 degrees. No problem. Again, everything's still on the up and up. Then two minutes later at 11, no, not 11, 5.11 p.m. I can't read my notes apparently. As they were flying their way over eastern Alaska, that's when our story really starts. And as JAL straightened out its turn, the captain noticed two things to his far left. It was about 2,000 feet, or about 610 meters, below his altitude. And at first, Tariuchi thought, you know, it's no big deal. It's just another military aircraft. No problem. Totally logical that his mind would think that. The craft was managing to keep up with JAL's flight speed and followed the exact same path. Now, that's a little weird. Because it wasn't a plane accompanying the cargo plane, you know? And wouldn't, like,
1: the people... I, is it like they're air traffic control people? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't they give him a heads up like, hey, there's some there's gonna be uh, some other yeah, planes flying up next to you. yeah don't don't and, worry about it. and air
0: traffic control would be able to pick that up on their radar given the altitude and stuff. And if yeah. not, then you know, there are other radars that could pick it up. No problem, right. Well, seven or eight minutes later, the two things, crafts, UFOs, whatever you want to call them, Suddenly pushed ahead, ending up about five hundred to a thousand feet, or one hundred fifty to three hundred meters ahead of JAL, and it assumed a "quote unquote" stacked configuration. What?
1: You mean like a like a V
0: shape, or I don't know. I just like, said a stacked we... configuration.
1: Because my mind goes to, uh, what is it in Phoenix, Arizona?
0: What happened to Phoenix?
1: Where? Those lights formed like that triangle
0: shape. I have no idea what you're talking about. I think that's in Phoenix. Maybe. We'll look at like that. Like another
1: UFO sighting.
0: All right. We're going to have to dig into that one now because I don't know. Maybe.
1: I was watching a documentary way back and there was something.
0: I like, mean, I wouldn't put it past something like that to happen in Phoenix, Arizona because it's very dry and arid and I think of like deserty places when it comes to UFOs. So it's possible. Yeah. I don't know anything though. It's I somewhere. Mean, in I just Mufan think anything's possible.
1: Documents,
0: Sure. Probably somewhere. Well, Tanayuchi said that their ability to match the speed of JAL from their side approach, the objects displayed a quote-unquote disregard for inertia. So they just defy the laws of physics, basically.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, that had to have been a tremendous feat to go from, like, that steady speed, keeping up with him, then all of a sudden just
0: and we also have to remember that this is a 747. They're not slow planes or slow jets at all. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty impressive feat. And when these crafts pushed ahead, they activated, quote, a kind of reverse thrust, and their lights became dazzlingly bright, end quote. Ooh. This reverse thrust thing lasted a solid three to seven seconds. It wasn't just a quick little poof, you know? Yeah. So... I mean, to me, that's an oddly specific number range. I would be saying about five seconds, ten seconds, whatever. But what do I know? I mean, planes have way more technology that can keep track of better details than I, my tiny little brain can. But Tadayuchi said he could feel the light's warmth. It wasn't, like, extremely hot or anything. It was just warm. I guess kind of. In my head, it's like our LED lights when we leave them on for a little while. The really... Right the high-lumen ones, yeah. that they're just very warm to the touch. They're not hot at all. That's what I think happened, that kind of So, intensity. like, some
1: kind of energy yeah. was radiating off these guys. Yeah, like,
0: it was coming from a, a thruster. the okay. You know, the back of a... Yeah. Okay, it's like, a fire to push it ahead. That, yeah. Okay, I'll stop. But my question is, why didn't... Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit the table. <laughs> but my question is, why didn't anyone else feel that warmth? That's my question. And I'm not trying to bring this guy's sanity into question or his validity or honesty, anything like that. Okay? I'm just trying to look at this from a logical perspective. That's all.
1: We're not calling him crazy. No,
0: because by the end of this, I have my suspicions. Not about the captain being crazy, but about what went on up there. Now, here's the thing. That detail about the warmth wasn't talked about in the original transcript, when he was in contact with air traffic control and whatnot. So this is more of a hindsight detail, I guess.
1: So he kept this tidbit of information to himself.
0: Well, for, I don't know. At least know. for a little bit. To me, now this happens. When we go through an event, especially one that rattles us, our brains will try to fill in the blanks. And our brains will convince itself that that's what happened.
1: Sure. That That's what it
0: saw. I'm not saying he's a liar. I'm saying that the brain, the mind is a very powerful thing and he could have literally convinced himself unintentionally that that's what happened. So I don't know. But his account of what happened went on saying, quote, the thing was trying, I'm sorry, the thing was flying as if there was no such thing as gravity. It sped up, then stopped, then flew at our speed in our direction. So that to us, it appeared to be standing still. The next instant it changed course. In other words, the flying object had overcome gravity.
1: So essentially what he's trying to say is we don't have that kind of technology at that point in time to be doing maneuvers that insane.
0: Right. And here's the thing, okay? This is 1986. The stealth bomber hadn't even officially been used yet.
1: Oh, wow. It was
0: literally in development at that time. And that was the suspicion that, well, maybe they were test flying a, a stealth bomber. No. Can can stealth bombers even move in that kind of... I don't think so. A, no. Especially the original ones. I don't think so. I don't know a lot about planes, jets, and whatnot, yeah. but that's just common sense. I really don't think so.
1: I mean, to me, it's... It, I don't know. It kind of sounds like it's moving like Iron Man. How gracefully he just moves oh, in the sky. yeah.
0: That's it. It was Iron Man. Yeah. Please forgive us. Our dog is snoring. Okay. I'm so sorry.
1: He's so sleepy. He's so
0: sleepy. All the time. He's a pug. They sleep all the time.
1: Yeah. He sleeps like 90% of the day away. That's
0: accurate. Anyway, the dear captain contacted air traffic control twice in rapid succession, asking if there were any other crafts in the area that he could be seeing. He wanted to, you know, logically check off what it could or could not be. Makes sense. Well, air traffic control contacts back and gives a big old negative and said, we don't know why you're seeing something, basically.
1: Do they not see it?
0: No, air traffic control is way down there. They're at like 35,000 feet in the air. Air traffic control is down on the ground. (laughs) They definitely wouldn't be able to see it. And their radar. I'll get to the radar thing in a minute and that will finish answering your question. Okay, cool. Well, after three to five minutes, these flying things assumed a side-to-side configuration. And this time, they stayed in their formation for about ten minutes. MUFON says, by the way, if you don't know what MUFON is, it's the Mutual UFO Network. You should go check out the website. I don't know if they're crazy or if they're legit, but all I know is I want to move to Ohio and be a team member of, like, the actual headquarters. That's a thing.
1: Like, if you love aliens, check them out.
0: Yes, but Move on says, quote, they accompanied the aircraft with an undulating motion and some back-and-forth rotation of the jet nozzles, which seemed to be under automatic control, causing them to flare with brighter or duller luminosity, end quote. This whole thing's bananagrams. These crafts were shaped like squares and had two rectangular arrays of what seemed to be nozzles or thrusters, and those thruster things were separated by a, quote, dark central section, end quote. So I guess they were separated by something. There's a ton of dogs outside, too, and our neighbors are super noisy. I'm so sorry. We're trying to record in the daytime. We normally record at night. I'm sorry. Maybe one day we'll yeah. we'll have enough of you guys out there to, to support us, and, and we can find a new studio <laughs> in our own home. Or just a, a new home, and we can have our studio in our new home.
1: So if you enjoy what we do, please like and subscribe.
0: Oh, yeah. Do that, please. Thank you. And our Teespring link is up in the uh, the banner thing at the top of our YouTube page. If you just want to go directly to our Teespring and our link tree is down below in the description. description box. So if you want to go find other places you can support us, that is how you can do it. And we appreciate everything. Please just take my word for it the listens the views everything thank you so back to the story oh that dog was loud yeah, it was loud
1: he wants to listen to the story too he
0: does he won't i think yeah yeah i think he does i don't know what i'm saying i'm sorry i'm tired we had a lot of carbs for lunch and mm-hmm. i'm really sleepy <laughs> Captain Tereuchi managed to later draw what the crafts looked like, and he speculated that the crafts would have appeared cylindrical if they were seen from a different angle. Keep this in mind, because I'm going to mention someone who refuted what the captain said and tried to logically explain it away, but that logical explanation actually doesn't make a lot of sense. So keep in mind the shapes of everything.
1: So as far as I've gathered, these things are odd, very odd shapes. Yeah,
0: they don't look like natural things that would be in the sky or right. even human made things. But then around five twenty three, thirteen PM, so five twenty three and thirteen seconds, the objects just left J A L sixteen twenty eight. They just decided, hey, we're not gonna follow you anymore right now And it moved below the horizon to the east of where JAL 1628 was. But this event wasn't, oh, hello. But this event was not over yet, okay? In the same place where the first two objects disappeared, Captain noticed that there was now a quote-unquote pale band of light around JAL 1628's same altitude, heading in the same direction as the flight and at the same speed. So now we've introduced a third thing, object, craft, whatever you want to call it. So it sounds like these things are kind of targeting? I guess so. Well, he set their radar scope, the jet's radar scope, to a 25 nautical mile slash 46 kilometer range. And he confirmed that an object was present in their 10 o'clock position or 10 o'clock direction about 7.5 nautical miles or 13.9 kilometers away. Which means that their jet picked this object up on their radar. It's not just a hallucination.
1: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They done
0: found it a thing. He contacted air traffic control again. And he was like, hey, there's a new object here. What's happening? I don't understand. What's going on, guys? What's going on? Well, Anchorage checked their radar, but their radar could find nothing. Here's the radar explanation. Okay. Okay. But because safety is key, they decided they were going to go for a second opinion. Because if there was something up there, JAL 1628 could have been in danger or something yeah. along those lines. So they contacted the military. Specifically, Elmendorf ROCC. ROCC stands for Regional Operations Control Center. And this ROCC was established in 1983 on the Elmendorf Air Force Base in Anchorage, Alaska. So it's pretty new. It's only been there for about three years. So their technology that they would have would be probably the newest technology of anywhere around that could detect something in that area, you know? Yeah, that makes
1: sense. That makes sense.
0: ROCC has, or at least had, better tech than air traffic control. They had short-range and long-range radar. So, if they were, so they were going to be more apt to pick up something than air traffic control. I guess ATC only had short-range That's my, that's my guess.
1: Now, my question is, Mm -hmm. because they have these radar technologies, shouldn't that be on consistently? Like, shouldn't they have picked something up?
0: Not necessarily. If the military wasn't running anything that they had to be a part of in the skies, why have it on? Because you have air traffic control to control civilians. Civilian planes and jets.
1: I mean, yeah, there is that, but I don't know. I feel like if if I was the boss of that place, mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know, 24-7 surveillance. Okay. Keep these radars going. Mm-hmm. Just on the off uh, chance, something flies by that we
0: don't know. It is now here's my only argument i don't know how much power it takes to run those radars and of course the military is technically a business and you want to save costs where you can
1: that's true it
0: does cost a lot of money to run these sorts of things i'm sure but i'm with you but that's because we're paranoid yeah i don't think the military is that paranoid <laughs> i mean maybe they are i don't know area 51 hmm 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. But ROCC does the radar thing, right? And find something. They did. So even though ATC saw nothing, ROCC picked something up. This is exciting.
1: So now we have two different sources. That's bleep blooped. Yes. Something. Yes. In the skies. Mm-hmm. So no one can be crazy on this.
0: Uh huh and uh, that doesn't mean it's not going to stop skeptics from trying to make these people out to be crazy. But we got to stop trying to make people out to be crazy and we got to yeah. stop using the word crazy so lightly. So skeptics put in a little more effort to, you know, prove something else. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Anyway, keep in mind they're still in the air. So, JAL 1628 was still moving ahead with their route. They're trying to get back to Japan overall, right? That's, right? that's the plan. They want to just take the wine back to Japan. That's all they want out of life right now. Well, as they approach Fairbanks, Alaska, the object started to become clearer thanks to the city lights. So, the city mm-hmm. lights from below are, are kind of like a beacon, I guess, to that.
1: They're illuminating them.
0: Mm-hmm. Captain saw what he believed was the outline of a gigantic spaceship that was, quote, twice the size of an aircraft carrier, end quote. Have you ever seen an aircraft carrier? Those things are massive. They
1: are ginobinoid.
0: They're giant ships made to carry aircrafts. They have to be. Because they also have to land those aircrafts on there. Mm -hmm. Twice the size of one of those.
1: I mean, essentially... Those things are big enough to lug around tanks and stuff. Like multiple tanks.
0: I mean, yeah, because tanks are smaller than planes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, just kind of putting that in perspective. So you have something twice as large.
0: As an aircraft carrier. Yeah. yeah. Nobody could back up Captain Tatauchi's account, though, because it was outside First Officer Tama Fuji's field of view. So that does suck. That royally sucks. However, all is all lost, okay? We're fine. But before we finish, we want to show you guys another podcast or let you listen about another podcast for just a second, if you don't mind, because they are two fantastic human beings with a fantastic podcast. It's a little bit grim, and here is the promo for their show. That is my best friend, Jenny, over there on that side of the table. Hi, that's my lifelong best friend, Taylor. Are you into ghosts, aliens, or murder? If you are, you are among friends because we love talking about terrible things too. It's why we started our podcast, A Little Bit Grim, where we would talk about the paranormal, true crime, folklore, conspiracies, cults, disasters, and every other heinous thing that could happen to a person. It's a little bit spooky, with a little bit of comedy mixed in. Honestly, it's all just a little bit grim. And you can find us wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And you can find us on all social media platforms by searching for A Little Bit Grim. We'll see you there. (gasps) Goodbye. Goodbye! So when you're done with this episode, go listen to them. They deserve all the love in the world. Okay, thank you. Thank you. But back to our story. It was at this time that Tereuchi requested a change of course so as not to collide with his ma- this massive object, okay? Right. He was granted that change of course. But this object still followed him, quote-unquote, in formation throughout the 45-degree turn his descent from 35,000 feet to 31,000 feet, and a 360-degree turn.
1: I'm just going to ask this. Okay. Were these aliens after their
0: wine? That's it. The UFO was like, hey, Beaujolais wine. We don't have that back on our home planet. No, I don't know. (laughs) But what if? What if the aliens just like really classy wine?
1: I was going to say something way out there like maybe they use wine as fuel and they're trying to get home i don't know what if that's something
0: our planet has in common with their planet we grow grapes they grow grapes they use it for fuel we use it to numb the pain of reality
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i mean you know logically that's not really out
0: of the realm of possibility no i mean there's a Terra too basically yeah
1: there is a whole nother earth out there's that we know of at at least one that we know of i'll give you that who's who's to say that there's not a bajillion other earths
0: now that is of course to say if this was indeed a ufo piloted by extraterrestrial beings yeah yeah but if it was that is a fair assumption that's fair yeah okay we're gonna run with that i want a t-shirt of grape eating aliens or wine drinking aliens or of a UFO and an alien pouring wine bottles into its gas tank. Yes. Okay, we'll work on that. We'll workshop it. It's fine. Or just all the things. We could just have a really chaotic t-shirt with all of the things happening at one yeah. time. And it'll just say something like, we're not so different after all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. At this point, the Captain was in contact with the Fairbanks airport, but their radar failed to register this object. Which, I mean, I guess makes sense because even air traffic control couldn't pick it up near Anchorage. So, or the other objects near Anchorage. I guess they just have a shorter radar. I guess. I don't know. Oh, actually, now I do know. So, it does say that their radar was short range. So, it's not really a big surprise. Uh. But basically, all these people are on the airwaves in communication with JAL 1628. And they're trying to figure out what in the world is going on here. Well, Anchorage ATC offered the captain military intervention, which sounds like a pretty good idea. I mean, I would feel safer with military intervention escorting me to the runway, right? Yeah. But if you go back and listen to season one and listen to our episode, Welcome to Aliens 101, Meet Your Professors, you'll hear about something called the Mantell Incident. Or you could just Google the Mantell Incident. Yeah. Or you could just listen to the quick recap. What happened was 25-year-old Captain Thomas F. Mantell crashed his P-51 Mustang fighter while in pursuit of a UFO on January seventh, 1948. He died. This is the only, if not one of the only, or one of the only, if not the only, that made more sense, incidents where someone perished while trying to interact with a UFO or alien life form. That's officially documented anyway. Yeah. This incident is super famous also. So if you haven't heard of it, just Google it. You will find plenty on the matter. And from what I gather, Captain Tereuchi did not want a repeat scenario. He himself knew of this occurrence and did not want to wind up in the same situation as Mantel. So he was like, nah, I'm good. Don't send military intervention. This could wind up poorly. But ATC did send a United Airlines pilot out there to check it out. And by the time he arrived, though, the two objects, the gigantic thing, anything that the captain was seeing was gone. Terayuchi said, When the United plane came by our side, the spaceship disappeared suddenly, quote unquote.
1: So it either had, like, some stealth technology, or it just moved so quickly it is
0: You know, what I'm wondering is, okay, let's let's entertain the thought that this was a UFO and was piloted mm-hmm. by extraterrestrial life forms, okay? Mm-hmm. What if they thought that they had their stealth on their craft? And then only when they saw another plane coming up to escort this seven forty seven did they realize that the camouflage wasn't on. <laughs> like they hadn't hit the button kind of like kind of like how the doctor and doctor who keeps forgetting to take off the parking brake
1: like that that one alien that had like that one job yeah one
0: job jeffrey i don't know why alien i feel like an alien should be named jeffrey
1: sleeping on the job like mm-hmm. oh well you know we're we're good
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then his boss is like
0: hey we've clearly been seen you're fired yeah. <laughs> when we get home clear your desk They're going to liquefy him. Oh. Ooh. No. Or Jeffrey. I've just made up a whole scenario in my head (laughs) where an alien named Jeffrey's getting liquefied. (laughs) But this whole ordeal lasted a grand total of 50 minutes. That is the better part of an hour, my dude. That's a while to be seeing a spacecraft. That is a lot
1: of UFO... Interaction? Yeah.
0: Yes. And before anyone goes on to say... Well, this Tadayuchi guy was probably a quack. Let me explain something. He was an ex-fighter pilot and was a senior airline pilot. This man had plenty of experience. He had more than 10,000 hours of flight experience, to be exact. Good God. So he had been up in the sky so much, he knew what went on up there. It's not like he saw a bird and thought, it's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's Superman. Yeah. You know? and he was quite familiar with weather conditions and altitude and how pressure and oxygen changes certain o- at certain altitudes and whatnot, I genuinely don't think this man was hallucinating or off his rocker. Now, whether he saw a UFO or something else, I, I don't know. But I do think he definitely saw something, whatever that something may have been. But eventually, they complete their trip. Nobody got hurt, thank goodness. But our story doesn't end there, kids.
1: Wait, there's more?
0: There's more. Because, yeah, we have the account of one person and a couple of radar blips showing something. But it goes so much further. It goes to the American government. Now, before I continue, I'm going to explain what the FAA is. According to FAA.gov, these people are responsible for the safety of civil aviation. The Federal Aviation Act of 1958 created the agency under the name Federal Aviation Agency. They took on their present name in 1967 when they became part of the Department of Transportation. So, same Department of Transportation that you pay your car taxes to, folks. They're there to, and here's a list of things, regulate civil aviation to promote safety, encourage and develop civil aeronautics, including new aviation tech, development and operate I'm sorry, develop and operate a system of air traffic control and navigation for both civil and military aircraft, and a bunch more stuff. But, either way, they're government people. Right. They're, they're the big dogs.
1: Big brother.
0: Big brother was watching that day. The captain recollected in his official report to the FAA the events of what went down. AnchoragePress.com gave an edited-slash-simplified version of what was said, and it goes, quote, the distance from the lights was far enough from us, and we felt no immediate danger. I thought, perhaps it's a UFO. The lights were still moving strangely. Most unexpectedly, two spaceships appeared directly in front of the plane, shooting off lights. The inside cockpit shined brightly, and I felt the warmth of the UFO's thrusters on my face. Then, three to seven seconds later, like the fire, light from jet engines, stopped and became a small circle of lights as they began to fly in level flight at the same speed as we were. The middle of the body of the ship sparked an occasional stream of lights like charcoal fire. Its shape was square, flying 500 feet to 1,000 feet in front of us, very slightly higher in altitude than us. Its size was about the same size as the body of a DC-8, which is a similar size to a Boeing 707. Okay. It's impossible for any man-made machine to make a sudden appearance in front of a jumbo jet that's flying 910 kilometers an hour and to move along in a formation paralleling our aircraft.
1: So yet again, he's confirming that there shouldn't be anything that moves like this.
0: Right. But we did not feel threatened or in danger. Honestly, we were simply astounded. Now, he's saying we, as in he was not the only person who saw it. Right. But when they landed, the other people on the jet were like, Nah, no, nah, we didn't see anything, guys. Mm-mm, not us. Uh-uh. And to be honest, I-, I can understand that even if they did see something, why they would deny it. Because you have people who would call them quacks, call them crazy, tell them that they're not fit to fly anymore. Right.
1: I mean, that that makes sense.
0: But he continues saying, Honestly, we were astounded. I have no idea why they came so close to us. There was a pale white flat light in the direction where the ships flew away, pacing us. The Anchorage Center replied that they saw nothing on their radar. I set our digital weather radar distance to 20 miles, radar angle to horizon. There it was, on the screen. A large, green, round object had appeared seven or eight miles away in the direction of the object. We arrived at the sky above the, is it Eelson? Eielson? I don't know. Air Force Base and Fairbanks. It was a clear night. We were just above the bright city lights, and we checked the pale white light behind us. There was a silhouette of a gigantic spaceship. We must get away quickly. End quote. Yes, dear.
1: Now, I have a question.
0: I might have an answer?
1: Their, uh, stuff in their plane. The wine? No, not the wine. Oh. The, um. Their fuel? Not the fuel.
0: I don't know what you're asking. Their
1: computers and stuff. Oh, their tech. Okay. Did it not record?
0: I don't know. I mean, I would imagine that all that information will be found on the black box, but I don't know what all is found on the black box.
1: Because, I, I mean, I'm just saying, if he had a recording of it from the plane
0: itself... Now, I don't know if it was recorded on the plane, but there were recordings of it. Not visual recordings. So yeah. So, they didn't have a camcorder or whatever they... You're right, you're right, you're right, They wanted to use, but they did have evidence, and I am about to bring that up here in a minute. So, about a week after the event... I'm literally about to answer your question that even if it, they didn't have printouts from the plane itself, FAA division chief John Callahan took a call from Alaska. He gave an interview in the year 2000 and Anchorage Press.com posted his comments on the matter and edited them for clarity. But John Callahan said, quote, I forgot who it was that called, but he says, we got a problem here. I don't know what to tell the media. The whole FAA office is full of the media from Alaska. Callahan asked, what's the problem? He says, it's that UFO. I said, what UFO? He says, well, last week we had a UFO chase a 747 across the skies up there for about 30 minutes or so. I told him to get all that data together. I wanted all the civilian and all the military discs that they had and all the tapes that they had available and flown overnight to the tech center where I am sitting.
1: So, somebody's on this.
0: Somebody's on it. Side note, the military said no go on sending their data. Of course. Of course. But air traffic control did send what they had. Callahan goes on saying, quote, We told him that we wanted this room set up to be just like it was in Anchorage. And we wanted all that data to come to this scope, radar monitor, and we wanted everything the controller had seen. We wanted to hear everything he heard, and we wanted it all tied together. The radar, the digital radar, and the sound. So that is exactly what Callahan did, and his team, of course. He put together the three-way conversation between Anchorage, air, Anchorage's air traffic control, Elmendorf's NORAD ROCC, and the captain. And he also played a tape of the ATC radar sightings on a scope, and like I said earlier, ATC didn't find anything, but it was clear that the military was tracking the UFOs from what was put together out, recorded outside of the military itself.
1: That's why they didn't want to send their
0: data. That's exactly why they didn't want to send their data, because the military works for the country. And what's the country? The government.
1: been <laughs> all the secrets.
0: Well, they did keep all the secrets for a while. The details reported by the military controller indicated that these UFOs were moving thousands of miles per hour as they moved around the cargo jet. And remember how I said that when United Airlines made, or the United Airlines pilot made their way up into the sky to find JAL 1628, Mm -hmm. suddenly there was nothing there? Yeah. Okay. Well, according to the military controller the military radar showed that the UFO had tucked in and out of sight behind the United flight and began following it.
1: Wait, wait. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my mind around They this. couldn't
0: see it. It had disappeared from in front of them. So this thing had basically dropped out of sight and in some creepy horror movie way popped up behind United Airlines and started following the United Airlines plane.
1: What the holy crap is this thing?
0: I have no idea,
1: but I'm here for it. Because this ain't anything, Mm-mm. at least as a c- civilian, that can look up things that we know of exists.
0: That's so exciting, though. Yeah. It's also really creepy to know that someone else saw this thing pop up behind you and you had no idea it was there. And later you know that you've been followed. I would feel violated. I know, right? I would feel like my personal space was violated. And I'm sure people are probably thinking, this is a hoax, right? And I mean, maybe, we don't know. Mm -hmm. But here's the kicker. After this presentation, because Callahan had to present all of this data, right? Mm -hmm. After this presentation, Callahan's boss looked at him and said, quote, don't talk to anybody until I give you the okay, end quote. Why would he have said that if there was nothing legit about what happened?
1: Because if this got out to the world, it would cause a freaking pandemic.
0: Panic? A pandemic is a global spread of a virus.
1: If this got out in in the world, (laughs) it would cause a worldwide
0: panic. A worldwide pepperoni. Got it. Oh, sounds good. Yeah.
1: (laughs) A worldwide
0: <laughs> The next day, Callahan's boss set up a briefing. And according to Callahan, quote, I brought all the people from the tech center, we went upstairs, we had all kinds of boxes of data that we handed them printouts. It filled up the room. They brought in three people from Reagan as in President Reagan's scientific study team. And I don't know who the rest of the people were, but they were all excited. So Callahan and his staff presented everything they had to this team. And they answered any technical mumbo-jumbo that they could. Right. When the presentation meeting thing was over, Callahan and his team were made to swear to one of the CIA guys that, quote, this never took place, we never had this meeting, and this was never recorded end quote
1: that's some shady shady super sus stiff I'm just saying
0: <laughs> Callahan said I asked them at the time I don't know why you're saying this I mean if there was something there and if it's not the then in development stealth bomber mm-hmm. then you know it's a UFO And if it's a UFO, why wouldn't you want the people to know?
1: Panic. Panic.
0: Exactly. Because this is just me, but after living in a global pandemic and seeing how many people gripe that COVID is just a conspiracy, it honestly probably wouldn't have done anybody any good to tell the people. Because half of the country would have said it was a hoax or a conspiracy by the government to scare us into submission. They're
1: not ready for the truth. Basically. Truth. Yep. Mm -hmm. Basically.
0: (laughs) Basically. And don't get me wrong, like, I love a good conspiracy theory. I love them, but they are harmful at times. Now, I don't think alien conspiracy theories are that harmful, but there are some that that are. Like, COVID, it's a hoax. That's harmful. People have died because people didn't believe in it. So, I can see why the government didn't want to. And I don't side with the government on a whole heck of a lot. Because I don't trust the government. I don't trust any government. But I get it. I I really do just get it. Yeah. At least this time. Anyway, CIA person said, quote, If they came out and told the American public that they ran into a UFO out there, it would cause panic across the country. Valid. They got it. So therefore, we can't talk about it. And we're taking all this data. End quote. To
1: Area 51. What? What? What?
0: Maybe. Or just back to CIA headquarters. That's probably more where it went. Because it was just data. It wasn't the actual aliens, which we know they're hiding in Area 51. I'm kidding. I I really don't know what the deal is about Area 51. We'll do some digging into that, though.
1: One of these days. One day. Or you guys can, you know, attempt again to raid Area 51.
0: Don't do that. Don't encourage that. People would literally die.
1: Or the people at Area 51 could uh, just, uh, you know, tell
0: us all your uh, secrets. Who are you encouraging innocent people to go risk their lives? I'm not telling people. You just told them. You just told them to do that because they will get shot on site. Okay, so the
1: Area 51 people can be a part of it too and just be like hey we're not gonna shoot people
0: how about this how about this here's a better alternative you ready yeah any disgruntled x area 51 employees we're open to discussion we want to know your secrets your cookie secrets yeah you know that's just a side thought here but i wonder if there is alien life out there do they have nice things like coffee and dessert i hope they do i hope they're happy yeah I hope they're happy because if they're happy, then they're not going to be violent and they're not going to kill us.
1: Maybe. Maybe that's why they just zip around Earth.
0: Maybe they're like our guardian angels. They just fly around to make sure we're all okay. And that's why we haven't had any any more visits in 2020 because they didn't want to catch a virus that their home planet might not be able to take care of. Hmm?
1: Maybe they're like like S.H.I.E.L.D. from Marvel And they're they're out in outer space and protecting us.
0: Guys, we're just making all kinds of revelations today, aren't we? We're just... Yeah. Look at us. I'm so proud of us. In case you can't tell, this episode, it's not a joke. Like, this really did happen, but we're just being lighthearted about this, okay? Don't don't take everything so seriously. (laughs) No. With the way last year and this year are going... It's nice to just have something to laugh about and smile about, you know?
1: And, you know, a little bit of wishful thinking.
0: Yeah. Because at this point, I don't really want to live on this planet anymore. So, aliens, if you're out there, beam me up, Scotty. (laughs) Now, CIA took everything, right? As they do. Or so they thought. Because here's the thing. You would think they would be thorough and clear out the building, make sure that everything was taken relating to this. (laughs) No, Callahan had copies of everything in his office and they didn't touch it.
1: So that's how we have this information.
0: Uh-huh. Now as to what happened to our dear Captain Tara- Terauchi or Tereuchi, he was reprimanded and told, "No more sky time for you." Yeah, that kind of sucks. So remember when I said that I can see why any other crew members if they did see anything yeah. would have denied it? That's why, because they grounded the captain for a few years before they even trusted him in an aircraft again. Years, not months, years of his life, years of his career. His superior said that they had embarrassed him, basically, by coming out and talking about the incident. Wow. So, again, if any crew member saw what he saw, then they were covering their own butts, and I can't say as I really blame them too much. But on January 29th, 1987, so a couple months later, at 1840, or 640 in the evening, Alaska Airlines Flight 53 observed a fast moving object on their onboard weather radar. They were at 35,000 feet or 11,000 meters and some 60 miles or 97 kilometers west of McGrath on a flight from, is it Nome? N-O-M-E? Nome? I'm just going to say Nome, to Anchorage. And the radar registered a strong target in their 12 o'clock position at 25 miles or 40 kilometer range. They could not distinguish any type of object or light source with their own eyes, but they did notice that the radar object was increasing its distance at a very high rate. When the radar came back around every time, because, you know, the radar just goes, yeah, Bloop. okay. Well, every time the radar came back around, which was about every second, the object increased its distance by about five miles. That means it was moving at a speed of 18,000 miles per hour. Holy cow. Or 29,000 kilometers per hour. The pilot said that it was moving at a speed of around a mile a second, though. Or 3,600 miles or 5,800 kilometers per hour.
1: I mean, I don't know how fast normal planes move, but that sounds pretty freaking fast. A mile a second?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good God! I don't know how fast the plane moves either, but clearly not this fast. Because, either way, the object moved so fast that it exceeded both the 50-mile-slash-80-kilometer and 100 miles slash 160 kilometer ranges of the radar in a matter of seconds. ATC was unable to catch it on their radar, and any other radars active at the time were also unable to back up the pilot's claims. But, I just don't think that's a coincidence. November to January... Two different occurrences, quite similar to one another. That almost,
1: it kind of sounds like it has to be the same thing.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, this was, well, not, I'm not even mistaken. This was a completely different pilot, too. So we're not just going on one person's word anymore. Right. That weird things are happening in the skies over Alaska.
1: Okay, either this is the exact same thing that this, the other guy saw, or it's another one of the things close enough
0: like maybe another craft from the same species or yeah right a similar making model to the original yeah yeah
1: cuz both of them move way too freaking quick yes to be a normal human aircraft thing
0: mm-hmm. and of course there are people who tried their hardest they really did to explain the situation away with logic take philip j class for example in an article from January 27, 1987, he tried to say that what the captain saw was an unusually bright image of Jupiter and possibly even Mars. He said, quote, Astronomical calculations show that on November 17, 1986, when the pilot claimed to have seen the UFO, Jupiter was extremely bright and was visible where the pilot reported he saw the UFO. End quote.
1: How? Does that make any sense? Like, how—oh, I'm looking up at the sky. Hey, there's Jupiter. Hey, it's moving around, like, really stupid quick.
0: Exactly. Class also wrote a book called The UFO Invasion, where he said the FAA information reveals Tereuchi to be a UFO repeater with two other UFO sightings prior to November 17th and two more this past January, which normally raises a caution flag for experienced UFO investigators.
1: I guess he thinks wine? himself
0: to be I don't know I don't know when he saw them or what those incidences were about incidents were about
1: because maybe those aliens were coming
0: after him again with wine all I all wine. I know is that listen class rubs me the wrong way it feels like well I'm an experienced UFO investigator and I'm a skeptic so what I say must be correct Look, if I've learned anything in my 30 years of life, it's that there are things that have happened and that will continue to happen on Mm -hmm. this earth that are not so easily explained away. So, I mean, you can be doubtful. I don't think every quote-unquote UFO encounter or alien encounter has been just that. I think there are people who lie. I think that Mm -hmm. there are people who seek attention. I think that there are things that can be explained away with things that already exist on this earth. However... I just don't think every single human who has come out and said I had a UFO encounter or I had an alien encounter is lying. Not every single person is going to do that. I have to have that kind of faith in humanity that there are honest people out there. And that there are things that we just can't explain. And that's okay. We don't have to explain everything. We, we want to. It's part of our human nature. It's part of us being curious. But mm-hmm. we don't have to explain everything honestly if there are some things that don't get explained away some of those things might give us some hope that there is life outside of this planet you know or that there is life after death for some who don't believe like ghosts for example yeah that your soul or your spirit would continue on in some way i don't know i just don't think we need to know everything at least not right now and we don't have to doubt every single person. We don't have to make them feel foolish because I'm pretty sure he felt foolish enough being grounded yeah. after the incident, you know? I'm pretty sure he was kicking himself thinking, I never should have said anything.
1: Maybe questioning his own sanity.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe just be a kinder person. Don't try to tear people down just to make yourself feel better. Because that, yeah. to me, and I'm not saying class definitely did this, but it just feels like that's what he was doing here. And it just rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a skeptic. Please, by all no. means, be a skeptic. Do your research. Look into things. And if something proves to not be real, then something proves to not be real. But, I don't know. You don't have to be mean to other people to have you stand in your beliefs, you know? Yeah. I'll stop. But the JAL pilot is convinced that UFOs are... Oh, I'm sorry. Class continues. The JAL pilot is convinced that UFOs are extraterrestrial... And when describing the lights, Tereuchi often used the term spaceship or mothership, end quote. Now, here's the deal. I read the transcript. Because if you go to the black vault, the transcript mm-hmm. is there. And I think he used the word UFO maybe once. Don't get me wrong. He may have convinced himself that it was UFO later and used the term spaceship or mothership later in interviews. Right. But while he was up there in his initial reaction... It didn't seem like he was fully convinced right out the gate that this is aliens, you know? Right. Because if he was, why would he be checking to see if it was a military craft? That's just me. I'll I'll stop.
1: I mean, he was putting logic forward. Yeah. To, you know.
0: In hopes of an easy explanation. Yeah,
1: to narrow down like, okay. Right. It Could it be this? Could it be this?
0: And I know, I've, I started venting. I'm sorry. I just, let's just be kinder humans. Yeah. Let's, if somebody has a belief that's not inherently harmful to you and, and your beliefs or you as a human being or you physically or whatever, let them have this. For the love of Mike, just let them have it. Class's January 11th, 1987 sighting. Uh, I'm sorry, Tereuchi's uh, January 11th, 1987 sighting was explained away as village lights bouncing off ice crystals in the atmosphere. I don't know if that's true, like if that actually makes sense. Lights, cool lights happen that seem, you know, very extraterrestrial. If so, I want to experience that because that sounds very pretty. If they
1: can explain it away like that, mm-hmm. do they
0: have a demonstration of how that could possibly be the thing? I'm sure we could Google it and find something. Or YouTube. I just yeah. didn't think that far ahead when researching this. Sorry.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. I, I always ponder how these people come up with these excuses so quickly. And it sounds a little far-fetched, but to them, it... I mean, they it make might it, not be they, that far-fetched. They make it sound so scientifically, like, oh, well, it's clearly this. But they never go as far as presenting this is what this looks like. Let me give
0: you an example of yeah. how this is the case. I got you. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. It might. We'll look it up after we finish the show because we're almost done. But my question is, okay, if it was the planets, right? Mm-hmm. If it was Jupiter or Mars, he said that Jupiter was only 10 degrees above the horizon.
1: Okay. Making
0: it appear to the pilot to be roughly at his own 35,000 foot altitude. Fine. Fine. I like to think of myself as a skeptic, but here's the thing. Planets aren't square, my dude. Oh, yeah. And he he said that they were... Uh... Or cylindrical. Yeah. Last time I checked, planets are spherical? Yeah. So, um, I get it. You're a smart guy and you're into astronomy and stuff. That's totally mm-hmm. cool. But maybe take a geometry lesson or two. Or just some basic shape lessons. That's just...
1: Awesome. That's just
0: I, my word of advice.
1: I feel like saying this again... Mhm. planets at least as far as I have ever seen them mm-hmm. to the human eye. Don't move that quickly.
0: Yeah. And I'm I'm sorry if Mr. Class ever happens to come across this this video, which is not likely to happen anyway, I'm sure he'll have another answer as to why it could have appeared square or why it could have appeared to be possibly cylindrical. Look, I'm sure that you're a smart dude, but you can't explain everything. You just can't. You're one person. And what the captain saw was square. And planets don't have sharp objects, or sharp edges. You know, that's just, that's my biggest point. I mean, maybe you could explain away it appearing cylindrical instead of spherical, because at least they're both kind of round. But square? I don't know. I just... Also... They didn't, nobody said, or the captain didn't say anything about the planets, or the crafts appearing to have different colors, right? Right. Jupiter appears as yellow or a yellow orange, and Mars is red. That's different enough where you can tell the difference between the two.
1: You're right. He didn't say anything about colors. So, I mean, I don't know. He felt a, he felt a warmth, but that was it.
0: Well, I mean... What I'm saying is the planets contrast in color, not right. contrast. They're in the same color family, I guess, because right. one's red and one's like a yellow orange or whatever. But if Jupiter was shining exceptionally bright that day, okay. in my head, it would appear more yellow and yellow and red are vastly different. Sure. So you're telling me the captain didn't think to mention that all oh, these two different crafts were completely different colors. Yeah. You think you- that's what I was trying to say. I don't know.
1: That, that would have been something very logical to point out.
0: Yeah. And another thing is that the military wouldn't have picked up planets on their radar.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: planets, like you said, don't move like that. No. And honestly, I'm, I feel like I'm attacking this one person, but there were other skeptics out there, too. It's not just this one right. class guy. But if all of this was so easily explained away as... Oh, it was just the planets. Why did the CIA ask the FAA to keep their mouths shut? Why did they take documentation and information and tell, make everyone swear to not say a word? I'm just confused here. Why would that have happened?
1: Yeah, if it was like no big deal, why put people on the hush-hush?
0: Yeah. And the planets may have been visible, that's cool, but neither are going to be so bright that they're putting off heat that can be felt. Yeah, they're way too far away for us to feel the heat from that. I just, I just don't buy it. I think and, that, and, and also something weird happened up there. I'm not saying it's UFO. I'm not saying it's yeah. aliens. Something weird happened though.
1: Also, because they are giant planets,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of people would be feeling something off of them if theoretically they were emanating some kind of warmth.
0: Also, wouldn't the other people in the sky have seen the planets? Yeah. Wouldn't um, air traffic control have been able to look up in the sky and see the planets?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, all, all it would would take was the natural human eye to see it.
0: Exactly. So, I don't know. Or at least a, a telescope or something. Yeah. But, but it shouldn't have taken a telescope, because if he could have seen it at 35,000 feet in the air, then people probably just would have been able to see it. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I keep saying I don't know, but I don't. I don't. I just think this is one scenario in life that we can't just so easily say, oh, it was this. Don't worry about it, guys. Yeah. But we're at the end of the show, but I want to share something. This is a super fun fact that makes me wonder if it actually could have been legit. Because on January 7th of this year, 2021, again, if you're in the future, Future. the CIA did something big. And nobody even noticed it. I have not heard a single person talk about it. And this blew my mind the other day. Like, articles weren't even published until about the 13th, the 11th or 13th, which is four to six days after. Well, I mean,
1: I guess the think about it, the CIA isn't exactly going to make a big raving...
0: Right, but the CIA is no longer in control of this. Hear me out. The CIA allowed the blackvault.com to publish what the CIA claims is their entire collection of UFO files. What? This is a total of 2,780 pages of unexplained spacey goodness. And seriously, go read some of this stuff. It is wild. And even though the CIA says that this is all they have, the site founder, the black vault founder, John Greenwald Jr. says, quote, there may be no way to entirely verify that, end quote. And here's why I think that this is not all they have.
1: Well, I've got a reason in my head why that can't be all that they have.
0: Because it's the CIA? It's
1: the CIA. And also, didn't you just say they had, for this situation alone, they had enough data that literally filled up a whole room. I don't think 2,700 pages. Well, that was
0: already released and published. This is just the unpublished stuff. Okay. They've released other stuff in the past. This is just the remainder of what they've got.
1: Oh, that can't be all that they have left. I don't
0: think so either, because Greenwald had purchased a CD-ROM of all these documents. Who uses CD-ROMs? The government's not using CD-ROMs. They have tech way better than what we've got, and we're not using them. Yeah. So I have a feeling that there is other documentation out there somewhere, but I'm, I'm not going to sneeze at it, because 2,780 pages is a lot to dig through,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a lot of evidence, if you will, to point to something Beyond our own understanding. So I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not going to fuss about it. But that's all I have. So, Aaron, do you have anything else you want to say before we go?
1: Uh, Check out MUFON.
0: And theblackvault.com. Yeah. The Black Vault has all kinds of stuff. We're talking aliens, ghosts, cryptids, all kinds of fun stuff. Like actual government stuff. The Official things. It's really cool. It's a really cool site. Just go do it. You won't yeah, regret. Do it. No regrets. Hashtag no regrets. But is that it? I think so. Okay. Well, in that case, stay safe this week, guys. Whenever air travel is fully safe again, make sure you keep an eye out your window because you never know what you might see. Mm. And as always, Aaron?
1: Don't get haunted.
0: We will see you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye.